Welcome to another episode of the Slowly Becoming Canadian podcast. This is episode 19. We'll get started shortly, but first, a little bit of housekeeping. Some of you haven't listened to the previous episodes. I have their names. I am not going to shame them publicly, but come on, guys. You know they're all available on iTunes, or I think they prefer to call it Apple Podcast now, on SoundCloud, and now on also on Stitcher. So zero excuses. Just look for Slowly Becoming Canadian. And if you're subscribed to the podcast, all the new episodes will get downloaded directly into your library. And if you rate and review the podcast, it will help get the word around and it will make my mom proud. You guys don't know her, but she's very nice. So come on, guys, do it for my mom. As always, you can email me at slowlybecomingcanadian at gmail.com. Then you can tell me that you love the podcast, that you hate the podcast, or you can insult me too. That happened before. That's fine. You can also email me to be a guest on the podcast. And if you're our guest, you'll have the best time of your life. That's a personal guarantee. I will reimburse you whatever you pay to be on the podcast if you don't have the best time of your life. And you'll also get a free bottle of Cove Kombucha. If you don't know what kombucha is, it's uh, kind of like pop, but good for you. It's probiotic fermented tea. I'm not really a medical expert, but they told me it was very good for you. So shout out to the good people of Cove Kombucha. So you'll get a free bottle, unless like today's guest, you join me by Skype, then you'll just have to buy your own kombucha. Sorry. Today is a very special episode for me, because once again, I get the opportunity to interview one of my favorite authors. He was here two years ago. We spoke about a book that just came out at that time, The Watcher in the Wall. I'm sure you guys have read it. If not, I have your names. You know the drill. Since then, he wrote another book, The Forgotten Girls. And now he's coming to talk to about his very last book. We'll ask him the title then. So it's time to welcome my guest, fisherman, train chaser. I think that's the correct term. We'll just ask him again. And definitely Canadian writer, Owen Laukinen. Hi, Owen. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this again. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. I didn't realize... Uh... There was kombucha involved. <laughs> I know. You're going to have to buy your own. Sorry. I know. It, it's That's a little true. hard to get it delivered. Just one bottle to you. So. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so last time we spoke, you were in Vancouver. And now yeah. you're in PEI. So the complete opposite. Yeah, more or less. It's it's like 6,000 kilometers across the country. Uh, yeah, I, my dog and I drove... Uh, Drove from Vancouver to PEI in January, which was quite an undertaking. Uh, January is probably the worst time to do that, no? It it really was, but uh, like we lucked out with the weather. Uh, we missed a couple crazy blizzards, and uh, actually, the weather the weather turned out to be pretty decent. So I survived. The dog survived. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Now we're going to do it all again in a couple weeks. So. Because last time we spoke, you had just done that, or a few times you did it on the train, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a train fanatic, so I, I 
take the train across the country probably once a year. Uh, and and probably since last we spoke, I've, I've done it three or four times. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> How was the drive across the country? What Did you just do it as quick as possible or did you take your time? No, I, I took my time. Um, the dog does not like car rides. Uh, so I tried to tried to go easy on her. And the other complicating factor was that uh, she's a pit bull, a pit bull rescue dog. And pit bulls are banned in the province of Ontario. So, you know, even even just passing through, uh, they would have confiscated her if they caught her. And I thought with my luck, they probably would, you know. <laughs> so what did you do? Uh, we cut south through uh, Minnesota and Michigan and New York State and uh, and Maine. Wow, that was uh, so that trip. added uh, add, added like fifteen hundred kilometers to our trip, uh, and we did it in I guess it was a couple weeks from door to door. So, nice. uh, yeah, in definitely a definitely a great way to see the country and and see you know America too. Uh, January not the best. Time. <laughs> I imagine. So we'll get back later, a little bit later, about driving and everything because I have a few questions. But uh, I'm very excited that you have a new book coming out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you do. Hope you're yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the title is Gale Force, correct? Yeah, and yeah, that's right. Comes out May eighth. It does, yeah. So uh, and it's yeah. and this one is different because it's not part of the Stevens and Windermere se series. Right, yeah, this is something I wrote uh, a few years ago, just in my off time. Uh, I'd always wanted to write something about, like a you know, a, a maritime high seas adventure novel, and uh, and so I had a bit of time, and I told my agent the idea, and she was really into it, so we wrote it and uh, and sold it, and now here it is, and uh, I'm really excited for it because it's such a departure from the normal stuff that I've written. Uh, But I feel like, you know, I feel like there aren't many books like it out there and there should be. So, uh, you know, I'm stoked to see what people think. So it is a maritime adventure. I said in the intro, you were a fisherman once, right? Correct? Or you've helped? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my family is uh, a long line of fishermen. And uh, I, I spent a lot of summers on my uncle's fishing boat and my dad's fishing boat, uh, both on the... Pacific Coast and the Atlantic, so uh, I've I've got the sea in my blood, uh, <laughs> as people say, and uh, this is kind of developed from that. Can you find some parts of your own life in the book, or is it completely something different? Yeah, no, there 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 definitely are aspects of my own life and and uh, and fishing. Um, you know, fishermen are a pretty superstitious lot, and so. A lot of the the people on this tugboat, the Gale Force, which is you know in the book, have the same superstitions. Uh, for instance, you never leave harbor on a Friday for some reason because it's bad luck, okay. and you never dry your coffee cup upside down because it's supposed to remind people of a capsized boat. Oh, okay. And then, and then the one uh, that uh, you know, for obvious reasons, my crew doesn't observe is that you're not supposed to have women on your boat. But uh, the captain of my tug, McKenna Rhodes, is a woman who inherited the boat from her dad. So obviously, that superstition uh, doesn't fly. <laughs> so, so the main character is a woman. 
Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's a younger woman who grew up uh grew up with her dad on the water, her dad being like a you know longtime tugboat captain. And then at the beginning of the book, he dies trying to rescue a ship, and she inherits the tug and the business. And this is like the first big uh, the first big score that they're pulling in order to keep the business going uh, after his death. Is it um, is it tricky for a male author to write a a female character? I don't know. I I I people people tell me that I tend to write female characters quite well. Uh, I think I think it's easy for male authors to overthink it and to either overthink it or underthink it. Uh, People are guilty of both, but I think, I mean, for this book, it was pretty easy because my main character was a man. uh, And then kind of midway through the writing process, my editor and my agent and I decided that she would work better as a female character. And, uh, and I've always found that writing female characters is easiest if you just write them as though they're male. And then, you know, change the pronouns as opposed to trying to, you know, we've all seen those terrible examples of, of men writing women where it's all women just ogling themselves in the mirror all the time. We're thinking about, uh, you know, how attractive they are. And I mean, I, I tend to just write characters as though they're myself and I don't spend a lot of time ogling myself in the mirror. (laughs) So, uh, neither do my female characters. That's interesting because, uh, Going back to the Stevens and Windermere series, series, sorry, uh, there was a male and a female, and it wasn't there was well, there were differences between the characters, but between the characters, not because of their gender or anything. And they were, when you read the books, they were not written in different ways. Uh, one was in yeah, looking at herself in the mirror all the time, and the other guy was a tough guy and etc. So. Even if you don't go this far into stereotypes, sometimes in books you can really tell, well, this is the female, this is the male. Sure, In, in yeah. your series, it was two cops, basically, and it could have been two guys or two two women. Uh, so I think, yeah, definitely you can, re- uh, you can write good female characters. Well, thanks. I mean, I think it, it sounds simple and it sounds pat, but, you know, we're, if, if you write people as people... Uh, and try to focus on the universal stuff, then you get a lot further than trying to write in a voice that's not your own. Uh, so I, you know, I, I always just try to write my female characters as as people, and and let that determine what happens, as opposed to trying to consciously write. You know, here's a here's a you know attractive young woman who who I want to be a sex object or whatever. Exactly. So you said you've been wanting to write uh, a, a maritime adventure for a long time. As <laughs> not sure, like all authors really want to do that. So is it because you come from a fisherman's family, or is it just because the the set is very good for a thriller? Or what? How did uh, you come up with the idea? Well, it. I mean, by and large, it's because I come from a family where. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, some of my earliest memories are walking down to the harbor with my dad and watching ships go by. And then, you know, growing up, going fishing and spending a lot of time on the water. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, fascinated by ships and by the stories of, of adventures at sea. And, 
you know, this is one of those cases where there weren't there weren't that many books out there like this. And these are the kind of books that I just like devour. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought, you know, they say if you can't find the book that you want to read, you should write it yourself. So I, I, I had always wanted to do that. And the, the, the germ of this particular idea was a, a real life story of a, a similar ship that, uh, that capsizes near, you know, off the coast of Alaska and, needs to be saved and there was an amazing article at wired magazine about the ship and about the people who wound up saving it and i read it and thought geez this is like a perfect setting for a thriller especially if you throw in some you know like stolen mafia diamonds or something aboard the ship and uh and you know some gunplay or something uh you know i, I i'm an admirer of clive cussler's writing and and I find his books have that maritime adventure that also has, you know, the the traditional thriller elements where there are bad guys coming with guns and the good guys have a, a showdown at the end. And so I thought that's kind of kind of what I'm going for here. Uh maybe a little closer to to real life than some of Clive Custer's <laughs> stuff, but along the same path. Uh. I'm very excited to read it. So it comes out May 8th and you're leaving on a tour soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm leaving uh, April the 28th. Um, I'm going, one of the one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me as a writer, I, I was invited to tour the Yukon. Oh, wow. And, and do six uh, readings at libraries around the Yukon. So uh, the first week in May... I'll be, I've never been to the Yukon before, uh, and I feel like most Canadians, uh, A, we haven't been up to the Yukon or, right. or the Northwest Territories, and B, always have been kind of curious about, you know, what goes on up there, because it's such a, you know, a frontier. So uh, I'm super excited about that. Uh, and, and you're then, not doing then, it in January this time, the drive. No, I mean, no, so. it's May. Although they they did tell me uh, to bring a hat and gloves oh, and a scarf, <laughs> and the thing is, also on this trip uh, from the Yukon, I go straight to Houston, Phoenix, and California. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting uh, transition interesting for sure. Yeah. Are you driving to Houston? No, no. Okay. I'm, uh, I I'm doing a two-legged tour so the first leg luckily i'm i'm flying to the yukon and then to houston and and california and that and then i'm going to come back to prince edward island pick up the dog and the truck and then i'm doing a big drive through the states with lucy uh to a bunch of bookstores at the end of may wow that sounds very cool i'm a little jealous yeah yeah it, it you know it should be cool i uh i like for the last few years, I've been kind of putting my publicity and promotion in the hands of my publisher and, and only doing the, you know, the events they've kind of lined up for me. And this year, uh, I was planning to drive back from PEI to Vancouver around this time anyway. And I thought, you know, why not stop in at some bookstores along the way, uh, really try to, you know, pound the pavement for this book and, uh, and also just, you know, it's a good and tax deductible way to, to see <laughs> America and uh, and to 
and to hang out with friends because I have a lot of friends along the way. So, so you're starting also a, a new project, which is Project Nomad. Do you, do you mind yeah. talking about it a little bit? No, no, not at all. So, I mean, essentially the, the Project Nomad came about um, earlier this year, but, but really last summer when uh, my girlfriend and I broke up really suddenly after four years. And, and you know, like she was... I thought she was the one we had a life together. It was, uh, you know, we had a dog together, we had plans. Um, and then one day, uh, I was actually in Halifax at the airport and she texted me and told me that she was moving out right before I got on a flight. Oh, wow. And that kind of like, uh, uh, you know, sent me into a bit of a, a tailspin for the end of, uh, end of last year. And so at the end of last year, I gave up my apartment in Vancouver. I drove out here to Prince Edward Island where my family has a farm. And uh, I thought that I would just like reset and and try to, you know, try to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life and use what had happened as a growth experience. And so uh, Project Nomad is essentially, you know, me kind of trying to take uh, this, this bad thing that has happened uh and kind of uprooted my life and doing something fun with it. Uh, and as the name would kind of imply, uh, I'm, I'm hoping or intending to be more or less nomadic for, for a time until I, until I kind of land somewhere. But, uh, so it, it involves, you know, driving across the country a couple of times with the dog in a truck and then also, uh, trying to find, uh, you know, a healthy, a healthy lifestyle, both mentally and physically as I do it. Uh, and it's been quite successful so far. And so I'm I'm blogging about it uh, at www.hashtagprojectnomad.com. Uh, and uh, so far, the response has been really good to the blogs, too. And I'm finding it really uh, cathartic to, to write. And you can write from anywhere, right? So all you need yeah. is a little bit of power for your computer, I'm, I'm assuming. And then yeah, wherever you are. And some Wi-Fi to upload <laughs> if, if necessary. But yeah, yeah. So... Um, you know, when I set out on this tour, I'm really looking forward to, to you know, blogging from the Yukon, for instance, and then from Houston. I'll probably be complaining about the heat in Houston after being <laughs> at the Yukon, but uh, but then I also have, you know, as I'm leading up to it, I've been I've been writing a series of of blog posts just to to slot in when you know I can't get to a computer, and then also obviously, uh, you know, writing fiction. Uh, as you say, you can write write from anywhere and, and be nomadic, and uh, and so I'm really looking forward to to trying that out for a while. Uh, speaking about writing, are you completely done with the Stevens and Windermere series, or are you going back to it at some point? Uh, I'd like to go back. That you know that it kind of comes down to uh, to sales, um, and and whether or not it's it makes sense. For the publisher to to put more out, I uh, I have a few more ideas up my sleeve, and uh, certainly, um, you know, depending on how these the books that I have in the pipeline come out, uh, you know, I might go back to Steve as a Winterbear on my own, or I might go back with uh, with my publisher or with a different publisher. It 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 kind of depends on um, how Gale Force does, and then I have a new series actually coming out next year as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, depending on depending on how things settle, I I would 
definitely love to go back to Stevens and Wind River because I really like them. And and one of my projects while I've been here in Prince Edward Island has been writing a sequel to my first book, The Professionals, which, uh, you know, from from the which is about four kidnappers who who, uh, you know, get chased by Stevens and Winterbear. And I always wanted to write a sequel uh, from the kidnappers perspective or, or the kidnappers oh, cool. who survive. And so I've been writing that. It takes place 10 years in the future. Uh, after the professionals and um, and Stevens and Windermere kind of have cameos, but aren't really uh, aren't really the main focus. But it's still been fun just checking in with them and seeing what they're up to ten years down the road. So uh, you know, long story short, I'd like to to write more Stevens and Windermere, uh, hoping that there's there's enough of a demand for them that uh, that people will want to read them. Many books to come anyway, so as long as you keep reading, uh, writing, I I'm okay with it. it doesn't yeah, matter. well, thank you. That, there's no there's no risk of me not writing. <laughs> That's good. So on your trip, you'll probably get to see many trains. I, I'm, I'm sure yes. you're hoping to. Yes. Uh, one of the, uh, I mean, the trip out, uh, I, I say that it was, I took a slow path to get out here for my dog, but I also... Uh, stopped and took detours to to look at trains because uh, I'm a train fanatic. Uh, and so, so train on the way... chaser, sorry, train chaser is not a is not the real word, is it? Um, I guess some people prefer rail fan. Rail fan, okay. But for me, the one that I use, it people who work for the railroad have this derogatory term for people who like trains, and it's foamer. Right. It implies that we foam at the mouth when we see uh, like a, a, a sweet train, which I can't confirm or deny actually happens. But, uh, you know, it's supposed to be an insult, but I thought, you know, what the heck? I kind of like it. Why don't we like reclaim this? So I always call myself a foamer. Uh, and, you know, maybe now and then I do foam at the mouth over the odd train. <laughs> so I will be doing plenty of foaming on on this drive back uh from Vancouver to, or from Prince Edward Island to Vancouver. There, there's like, I mean, there's a bunch of kind of foamer meccas along the way that I'll, I'm going to make sure we stop at. So There's a real community you can find and be part of, I guess. There are, there are. It's, uh, it's kind of embarrassing though. Many <laughs> of us are socially awkward uh, individuals <laughs> who are probably, you know, chasing trains because we're incapable of having a, a, an actual face-to-face -face conversation like a normal person or relating <laughs> to normal people. Uh, there's So, you know, even if you do see another foamer at the tracks, you kind of approach carefully uh, and don't make direct eye contact <laughs> until they... Uh, <laughs> I can say this because I am one. Of, yeah, you're, you're allowed to say free. it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, I will see uh, other people. I actually... Uh, and this is my nerdy, exciting side. The headquarters of Trains Magazine is, <laughs> is near Milwaukee, where I have a reading uh, on May the 25th. And uh, I've actually become friends through posting train pictures on Instagram with the art director of uh, Trains Magazine. And he's offered to give me a tour of the offices. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really just... I'm foaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> do you have a subscription to train magazine uh these days i usually buy them at the okay. grocery store but uh, you know as a kid i had the subscription it would come like i don't really have a fixed address these days so i can't really uh right but but i certainly buy my share of them and i feel like there aren't that many actual train fans in north america but i i feel like i do buy part to keep <laughs> that's good you're helping the train community that's right yeah (laughs) that's nice of you so you you probably know a lot about trains but do you know a lot about cn uh i it's a tricky question yeah Uh, (laughs) let's see how much you know about cn i'll just ask you a few questions Uh, you didn't tell me that it's gonna be i know (laughs) otherwise you would have googled it (laughs) (laughs) all right how long is the cn network uh, in miles? In kilometers. Or oh, oh. in miles, and we'll do the conversion, I guess. Um, I want to say like 15,000 miles, but I could be completely wrong. That's I know that it That's goes really from, close. That would be, what, 20, 22, 23,000 kilometers, right? 15,000, a little bit. That's pretty close. It is 28,200 kilometers. Oh, sweet. Well, that's within the margin of error, I think. Yeah, no, no, that's very close. That's frightening close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you haven't seen anything yet, man. (laughs) Do do you know how many provinces it goes through? Uh, It goes through every province except for uh, Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland. And they used to go through Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland, but they tore up the tracks. Exactly. So that would be eight, I guess. Perfect. And how many states? Because it does go to the south. Yeah, it goes all the way down to uh, New Orleans. Uh, I don't I Heck, I'll say like 12 states. Again, that's pretty close. It's 15. Oh, man. That's pretty close. That's... I was going to say 15, but I didn't want to re-go with 15 because I'd gone with 15,000. So. Ah. Good oh. job. You... Okay, this one is just more fun. Do you know? <laughs> do you know how many employees there are in the CN? No, no, I don't. But I, I do know some CN employees. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, they're they're friends of mine. So there are twenty two thousand of them. Holy cow! That's, that's a lot. It is a lot, and they have quite a big presence in Halifax and in in Nova True. Scotia. Yeah. Okay, and one last one. And as a train aficionado or a foamer, you should know that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the standard UIC is? The standard UIC or IUR, I guess. I have no idea what I'm saying. Sorry. Uh, give me, uh, give me some context. Okay, so the IUR is the International Union of Railways. Ah. And okay. The standard IUR is the the distance between two rails. Uh, four feet eight and a half inches oh, or wow. something like I'll, th- I'll take your words i have it in millimeters it's 1435 but i'm sure you're right uh, it's four foot eight something i know that but okay. i do not know in millimeters the, the funny thing about trains is that even in canada this isn't funny at all <laughs> even in canada they still go by miles uh uh so everything that they measure is still an imperial um because of when so, it was built 
Yeah, when it was okay. built, it was that way, and they just have never switched. So, okay. So here I come with my millimeters. Sorry, I I don't know much about trains. Sorry. Well, I'm sure your <laughs> listeners are just fascinated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us more about trains. I, you could have me on for another few episodes. I'll just <laughs> you, you, tell you everything. Yeah, we'll do a special train. Special FOMER episode. <laughs> well, you you even put them in your books. They're recurring appearances of trains in your books. Yeah, it's true. I gotta, you know, I gotta sneak them in somehow. <laughs> and actually, the the Forgotten Girls is very much about trains. Exactly. And uh, and because of that, I was able to write off my big, uh, you know, train photographing camera and all my trips into the mountains to take pictures of trains. Because it was all research for this book. So. <laughs> One of the things about being a writer is to find ways to deduct, uh, <laughs> to make tax deductions of the things that you really enjoy doing. So, write about your passions, and they'll be almost that's right. Free. Yeah. That's next it. year's book. My next year's book is actually about a dog named Lucy, <laughs> uh, similar to my dog. And uh, do you have to do some research for that? that? Well, yes. <laughs> But it, all it involved was waking up my lazy dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> poor Lucy, that's not nice. I know. Well, she's she's gonna get uh, a cut of the royalties. So <laughs> that's true. That that is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your new book, your next book, is Gale Force. That's the name of the boat in the book, right? It is. Yes. And it comes uh, May eighth. May 8th, yeah. I, people have asked me if the name of the main character is Gale Force, uh, which I assure you it is not. <laughs> it's the name of the book. I'm not that uh, terrible. And so people can follow your trip on Instagram or on, on, or on your blog? Yeah. The blog is www.hashtagprojectnomad.com, hashtag being spelled out as opposed to the symbol and then instagram is just at owen laukinen and there will be plenty of train pictures uh, train pictures but also plenty of dog pictures uh it doesn't get better just how i keep people around <laughs> exactly well enjoy your tour uh good yeah. luck with the book and thank you very much again for uh being a guest on the podcast thank you so much for having me again come back really anytime we'll talk about trains again <laughs> Sounds great. You watch your your uh, listenership just plummet. <laughs> Thank you very much. Merci. Au revoir. Thanks. Bye.